Listener Production. G'day, it's Rusty here, all set for part two of my podcast with Aussie sprint car racer James McFadden, who's home for the summer and getting ready for the grand annual Sprint Car Classic. He's among a seriously impressive list of drivers tackling that 50th anniversary meeting in Warrnambool. Now, if you've landed here and missed the first part of our chat in the podcast, jump back to the library and give it a listen. From early life in Alice Springs to learning to drive a go-kart in the motor registry car park there, waiting for the moment his dad would throw him the keys and let him loose in the style of cars that would dominate his life and thinking. The impact that moment had on him and the raw beauty in driving those addictive machines, plus engine building with one of the best in this part of the world and will immerse you in the American sprint car scene too. A quick thank you to my producer, Tom Dullard, and my TV colleagues, Speedway Tragics, Bryony Ingerson, Chad Nalon, Dean Neal, Benny Bishop and Matt Nolte for their input before we recorded. It helped the end conversation immensely. We begin part two with James's biggest fans who are with him every lap of the way. How important is Zoe on this ride, mate? And and you mentioned Mav before, right? Mm-hmm. And the the kind of energy he already has in the in the you know in the sport. Is there going to be another generation McFadden racer? Do you think? I mean, because that stuff rubs off when oh, they're that when inevitable. they're that age, mate, doesn't it? It's <laughs> inevitable right now. I thought he was going to pick up a golf club or something, but <laughs> he says hoping. <laughs> yeah, every day he wakes up and he brings two sprint cars in and goes, "Dad, race, Dad, race." So Love we've it. got to sit on the ground and race cars. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Zoe's been instrumental in in my career. She's you know, it was a it was a funny time. I'd actually given up racing in America, basically, um, after my last ride in Pennsylvania in the Matt Highlands car, I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I've had my time. I'm done. I, I'm, uh, we're just not going to make it unless I bring money or mm-hmm. I do that. And I, and I just didn't want to do that. Um, you know, and, and that time I was quite successful at home and I could, I said, you know, I can race 40 races at home and make a decent living doing it here and mm. it'll be all good. Um, so Zoe had started a, um, physical therapy business and we'd, you know, gone down that road and, you know, Where was she here, mate? Uh, in Warnable. Warnable, yeah. yeah. And I'd started my engine shop. I had a little engine shop and we'd, you know, 10 customers doing, building sprint car engines and a couple hot rod stuff. And, you know, I was pretty content that I was disappointed. Mm. Um, but, but at the same the time, I, yeah. I, I was content that, you know, we had a good crack at it and, and, you know, didn't, didn't pay, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to have to do that. I, I just felt like I wanted to do it because once you start doing that, I think you're stuck, yep. you know, in yep. the in the sprint car world. So I was like, right, we're we're done doing that stuff. And then, um, yeah, then Casey got hurt <laughs> racing a sprint car, and yep. he rang me and was like, oh, I I got ten races for you to do if you're keen. And I thought, well, Casey Kane wants you to drive. I'm I'm going to do that for sure. And just thought it was a ten race deal, which ended up turning into the world of outlaws tour and what 150 races for him or 200 races for him so yeah zoe shut her business and moved over to america with me for my dreams so she's been a huge part of it and um huge supporter also a big critic if i if i haven't done but sometimes you you need a partner like that mate don't you absolutely Mm -hmm. and she knows enough 
that when she does say something, I know it's, you know, it's, um, worth listening you to, you know, if mm, I, I'm mm. not driving right or something, she's, she can pick that up and Excellent. figure out if that's me or the car or, mm. or something like that. So huge part of it. And obviously life changes when you have a kid, it's, uh, it's pretty special. So mm. yeah, we get to, to live my dream and one day I hope, you know, in the next few years we can turn around and do the same for Zoe. Good stuff. Let's talk some career stuff now. We want to certainly get to um, the immediate stuff on the horizon. This is going to be long-winded, okay, but it comes from a, a good buddy in Benny Bishop who you, mm-hmm. you you will know, okay? So he reminded me, you know, you know, two-time Aussie champion, 09, 10, and 12, 13, two-time classic champion, 17, 20. I think, was it three-time Cricky Boy shootout champ, 17, 19, 20. Chariots of Thunder champ, 18, 19. Some very cool stuff there. Five-time WSS champion, 11, 12, 12, 13, 16, 17, 17, 18, 19, 20, 14 quick times, 55 podiums, 78 top fives. That's pretty impressive, mate, when you sit and take that in here. Yeah, we've had, we've had a good time doing it. And uh, mm. it's, uh, like I said, I think for me, World Series was the pinnacle of Australian Speedway. Mm. Mm. Um disappointing that we don't have it anymore um but i'm not a i'm not a stat guy um certain races mean certain things of importance in different levels you know my first australian title was with my dad as Mm. a crew chief so Mm. that's you know that's special but then you can go to a you know a a local race in wa i drove for cricky motorsport which Mm. was shane's last race and we won you know like so there's little things that are are um more important than other things but yeah, when you read it out like that, it's pretty cool. <laughs> he, he goes on to reflect on your most recent um, World Series Sprint Car win at the Motorplex Grand Final. I think that was in uh, in early 2020, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to you know the impact COVID had shortly. Um, that was your 25th WSS win, which equaled you with the late Jason Johnson, who he had act- you had actually raced against throughout your career, and he I think died 18 months earlier. And James, your your father-in-law, Gary Douglas, was actually a major sponsor of, of Jason with GT Bobcat yeah. too, wasn't he? Yeah, that was, mm. a, that was a pretty pretty rough rough time. You know, that mm. made you really question what you're doing. You know, he had a young boy. He has a young boy with, mm. with Jackson and a wife and Bobby. And, yeah, so Zoe's dad sponsored uh, Jason for a long time. It was a big influencer on Jason starting his own race team, which mm. is – just run third in the World of Outlaws Championship. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a rough rough time, mate. Uh, it I, I probably didn't show the emotion that I should have, you okay. know, because I was just trying to race a thing. You you mm. turn a blind eye to it, but it was it definitely made you question what what you're doing. And he was a great guy, and and mm. you know he wasn't in it for the next ten years. You know mm. he was gonna own cars and had this grand plan of you know you know, sort of Cruel, slowing it down so. and mm. yeah, it's rough, rough, mm. uh, rough, but he's, you know, he's been remembered as, as a great, he won the Knoxville nationals and it's cool to be on that list, you know, with him for sure. Definitely. Okay. One, one sort of final one here, and this is again, a little long in, in career terms, but I think it, it sort of harks back to what you were talking about before on, um, you know, coping with a, a tough season as you, as you've done recently and, and, uh, how you, you draw from that and go and go again. Benny says 2011-2012 was your breakout season, winning the first round, um, five more that season, um, beating 
Shots, Donny Shots in Brisbane um, on January 5, 2013, an epic, epic race. And then going on to win the series and the Australian title that year. And then, crazily, you would go winless in World Series sprint cars for just over two years. Not a win in a single blue ribbon a ribbon sprint car event in 2013-14 or 14-15 was a 27-round Drought, mate. How mm. difficult is it to bounce from that stuff? Thanks, thanks for reminding. Sorry, me. no. I mean, but but he. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, to absolutely. his credit, he's he's like, where where do you what do you do there? You yeah, know, like, yeah. Um, and I think if you actually look at those stats, there we were solid. Mm. We just didn't win a race. Race, yeah. You know, we were yeah. second, third, fourth, and and that year I struggled a lot qualifying. Okay, they, that was when they bought in the the top eight shootout style, mm-hmm. and I would always qualify terribly and have to start eights or mm-hmm. sevenths and. And we'd run third or fourth, but you just you just couldn't you couldn't do that. You mm. can't do that anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were some tough. They were tough. I remember I had I had some big crashes that year. Um, yeah, I just don't think I don't think my head was right. You right. know, from from some of those crashes and in what way? In what way? Uh, a little bit of concussion stuff, really? I would say. And yeah. um, reading that Dale Junior book, book, I was like, man. Yeah. I've probably had a few of few of them really? over the time. Yeah. Um, you know, between that and then obviously when you crash, then you start second guessing a lot of what you're doing. And um, I struggled my car, struggled with my car stuff there for a while. Um, yeah, I think it was it was the point in your career where I think a lot of races have that where they they come out swinging and have this, you know, this attitude about you, this aura about you where it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I think that the pressure of winning all the time, that the expectation of wanting to win every race gets, you, you, you let it get to you too much, maybe without knowing at the time, but Mm -hmm. sitting here and talking about it now, I probably think, you know, I expected myself to win every race and that's just not going to happen. So you Mm -hmm. try too hard, you crash or you Mm -hmm. make too many mistakes. And the older I've gotten, the more I've learned, I just race at 70 or 80% now because then I can keep that 20% in reserve for when, when need I need, to, need it. When I was younger, it was like, right, 110% every time I hit the track and, mm-hmm. you know, you'd burn the tires off it or you'd wreck your car or you'd mm. do silly things. So, yeah, I think I just went through a stage where I just wasn't good, okay. good in the mind and, and the mind is uh, the mind's everything in this game. Mm. Great takeaway there for, for young racers, the next generation coming through about that that 80%, I love that. How are you with living in the States? And I'm asking this from a food point of view, from a music point of view. Are you full country music when you're in the motorhome? What do you like? Come on. Oh, actually, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt, but I, I listen to your uh, podcast a lot. It gets me up and down the road a, a it lot. It blows me I, away. Uh, Thank you very much. No, it's, uh, it's, I actually find the, the non-race car ones really interesting. Oh, really? Um, Give me, give me, come on then, pick a couple that stand uh, the, out for you. I really like the VIP Pet Foods. Oh, Tony Quinn. Tony Quinn. Awesome. Um, and I like the Tony Cochran. Cochran, yeah. Tony yeah, Cochran, I yeah. thought that was really cool and I really wish we could grab him for, for sprint car racing. racing. I think yeah. he'd do great things. So, But I also enjoyed the, the Isle of Man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, that yeah. one was unreal. I'd see I, big speedway, not a motorsport, not, mm. but didn't realise there were so many great people that, you know, Jason Crumps was Crump, really cool. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've hung out with him a couple of times and to hear some of their stories and then your willpower stories and stuff. So like I said, I've, I think I've listened to about all of them. That's um, awesome. So awesome. it got me up and down the road. It, it definitely 
So not way a huge amount than, of Keith Urban then? Or? <laughs> way better than listening to country music. Uh, it's, I love Keith Urban, by the way, but keep uh, going anyway. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good for a Sunday beer and that's about all um, outside of that. But, yeah, I th- the food sucks, obviously, over mm. there. Um, but Zoe and I have a, a car we tow behind the motorhome. We try our hardest at 90% of the places we go to to, to go and, f- like, seek out good coffee and, and food. So. Uh-huh. Uh, but we do a lot of cooking in the in the bus and have a uh, have a coffee machine in there, so we're, we're somewhat trying to be like home. Yeah. Does exhaustion or fatigue kind of kick in? I mean, whatever, whatever you said before, ninety race season um, against the best of the best, you you're backing up every couple of days during the week. I mean, that that's got to that's got to be hard, mate. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. I think the travels what's what's brutal. You know, we mm. you know we race. For example, the we race, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Pennsylvania. We race out there for the three or four days and then we have five days to get to Seattle. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, you drive, it's four days of driving that whole, whole time to go and race another four races out there. So mm. the, the motorhome life is, is tough. Um, the, the actual racing part of it is the easy part to me. Um, obviously when you're having a rough time, like I did the mid part of this season, it, it's draining mm-hmm. because it's just a draining environment to be around because everyone's not happy we're not winning whether that's the car mm. owners the the crew guys me or you yeah you know yeah. zoe <laughs> yeah. um so it, the only person that's still pumped is mav but yeah. um yeah it's you know servicing i service the motorhome and the generators and when the slide outs don't work you're out there fixing that and um i think that's the the more draining part of it you know we we do a lot of traveling and you know, we'll, we'll leave the racetrack at midnight and drive till three o'clock in the morning and sleep in a Walmart car park and, and get back up at eight o'clock to get to the track by one o'clock and mm. in the car by five o'clock. So it's, it's a, it's a different lifestyle. Um, but I think when you're on the go through summer there, it's easy because you just go, 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 and you don't have a chance. Whereas towards the end of the year is, is more driving, less racing. And that wears me out way more you're than... Because you're thinking about it, aren't you? Yeah. 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 And you're sitting... You know, you're sitting in a car park somewhere in the motorhome, like, man, what am I doing with my life? Like, I could be, <laughs> I could be doing so much more. But um, yeah, you, you get to the races, and it's it's you forget about that stuff for sure. How sweet was Kansas after Ooh. everything that you, you know? Yeah, went through during the year to win there. Yeah, it was a. Uh, you talked about those those years we had in Australia, and and they were tough. But this has been the toughest year of my career um, mm. by far. Why? You know, I just. I feel like I just couldn't ever do anything right. And then when I did, something went wrong with the car. You know, we led six races this year and had mechanical failures, um, you know, and, and that's nothing to do with my guys doing the wrong thing on the car either. It was like a circlet broke on the shifter cable, leading it with five laps to go. Or I, I led that $100,000 to win race at Husets and um, the natural rule of thumb is to chase the rubber. Mm-hmm. in a sprint car and I chased the rubber and Sheldon Horton trial drove around me on the last lap. It was a $70,000 last lap. So, um, just, just a lot of things. I just felt like I just didn't get right or I couldn't get right restarts. I'd get one really good one and pass five cars the next one and we'd get a yellow straight away and I'd lose five at the next, you know, it'd just be, it's just, it was tough. So Kansas to me was, was a, was unreal, but we, we'd been really fast up at, to that point too we had um some personnel changes um in the team and uh that just brought a a little bit more pep in the step for everybody i think and Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything that the other guy was doing wrong or just we just weren't 
getting the results and we weren't clicking well as a team. Um, mm-hmm. Still really good friends with him and, um, yeah, and still talk a lot, but it just it just wasn't working. So You've you got know, to change it up sometimes, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, and there's young fella, he's, he's 27 and come in and we, we ran third the first night, second the next night, and um, so we were building towards, you know, winning that race and to win it on the, the same night as Dennis. So Dennis Roth is my car in America and mm-hmm. he promoted a race in California that night. Um, so we won it on his his night. Fantastic. There to to um, to do that was really good. So yeah, just man, it was a tough year. <laughs> like the, the, brutal. The, was it? Brutal year. So to win that race meant meant a lot. Good news is that you've uh, just in the weeks leading up to our, our chat here for the podcast, you've you've re-signed. You're back with Roth for for next year. Chad Nailon, he says I'm a bit of a uh, a Toyota racing nerd. TID power plants as well mate yeah big big news obviously um getting the the trd factory backing um for next year so so we ran one of those the last uh, toyota motor for the last part of the season just getting the development stuff Mm. right and and trying to get the longevity you know trying to build something from scratch you know it's a completely new block and heads and the whole deal's very foreign to to sprint car racing so it's uh it's been but they don't they don't do things by halves mate absolutely Mm. they're uh you know, working with them for the short time we've had has been uh, been a lot of fun. So pumped for that. I think right now there's only five of them in, in existence. So mm-hmm. um, we'll have a full inventory ready for Volusia and we're working with two engine builders. Mm-hmm. Um, so between Speedway Engine Developments, which were big in the Indy cars um, back in the day, which did our Chevrolet engines and uh, Ryder from Pennsylvania, which builds some great engines mm-hmm. too. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. Obviously there's a few, you know, things you're nervous about. Um, mm-hmm. motors throttle differently and have different characteristics. So we've got to get our head around that pretty quick. But mm. outside of that, I'm excited to partner with TRD and, um, previously Dennis Roth has, has been known to, to hire and fire drivers quite quickly, you know? Um, so for him to, to have the faith in putting us back on for a year after to me, our, my worst year that I've had is, is uh, is good. They've got a lot of faith, and I'm hoping we can turn around and repay them with a lot, a lot smaller than a 70 race winless streak for sure. We, we hope it is, as, <laughs> you know, uh, everything that you dreamed it would be, mate. Some great, great ingredients, as you rightly point out there. Just incidentally, too, digressing for a second, you, Chad, and I hosted a function once many years ago for the start of a season. I think for World Series Sprint Cars, um, you might be proud to know, mate, he's gone on and won the Supercars Media Award just in, in recent days. He's doing some super stuff in the broadcasting space there. So thank you, Chad, for the reminder. Uh, the championship and what you do, maybe it becomes normalised for you, but for me and for lots of fans that are that are listening, I mean, to steel yourself against the likes of Donny Shots, Brad Sweet, all these n- names, mate, and you are going wheel to wheel with them, that's pretty damn special yeah absolutely like you like we've talked about a lot that the dream was to make it there Mm. um and and be a part of that series and and now you're in it and you're a big part of it it's it's pretty crazy it's you know i don't see him as donny shots the 10-time champion and brad sweet the four-time champion i just see him as another car you got to pass so um it's pretty humbling it's a it's a humbling experience and um you know that the grind up and down the road's all worth it in the end when you line up against these guys at the Knoxville Nationals and mm. you've just got to put the time in. You know, those guys have been doing it for so long, 
you know, I think Brad's on his 10th, 10th outlaw tour. Donnie's on his 20th. Like mm. it's, I have the outright pace with them. I just don't have the, I've been doing the outlaw tour for 10 years, um, pace, you know, where you can back it up night after night after night and been to these tracks 50 times. So, and the, and the little intricacies and the, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. Which when they come to Australia, I have that, yes. you know, so it's, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just a different world. Like I said, I, I wish I was a little bit younger so I could go and do mm. ten years on the road and 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 really have a crack at it. But it's man, it's brutal. Mm. It's a brutal championship, but um, I love it. I couldn't see myself doing it any other championship for sure. Good stuff. You're home for Christmas. I want to get to what you are doing. A really cool project here. But firstly, do you get to have a bit of downtime? What is the escape for you? Is it as simple as just going to Warrnambool or wherever and, and just turning the phone off or what do you do? Yeah. So normally I would go to my house and I was re- renovating, but we sold our house, um, to go to America there. And, um, so we're living back at the parents' house. It's a mad house there at the <laughs> moment. There's four dogs and my sister and her partner are building a house. So they're home and it's yep. just a, it's not relaxing <laughs> for sure. But, um, between the parents' house, uh, Zoe's, Zoe's mum and dad live in Mount Gambia. So, um, Zoe's brother has, um, two babies as well. So Mav gets to hang out, you know, hang out with them and, yeah. um, see his cousins. So that, that's great. But Zoe and I just spent three days in Melbourne here yeah. hanging out without Maverick, which has been the first time in nine months, which has been unreal that we've actually been able to do stuff. So yeah, just chilling out with family, hanging out. Um, unfortunately I can't get away from racing because mm. it's always, it's always around. It's in dad's shop and you yeah. go out and tinker and, um, I, yeah, I love it too much to, to be too far away from it. If you're enjoying this episode with James McFadden, you can also find Gary Rush in the Rusty's Garage Library, a Aussie motorsport icon and one of our greatest sprint car drivers of all time. I remember getting in the race car to do a couple of laps after I retired. And I'd done a few laps and I and I sat there. And I and this might sound silly and I hope people don't think how stupid it sounds. I think I was put on earth to drive sprint car. Yeah. You know, I just loved it so much. Rushy won ten Australian titles, not to be confused with Rusty who dreamt of winning one title. Lucky he likes talking. Now it's to his episode with another Sprint Car star, James McFadden. You are spearheading a brand new team for the Aussie summer, driving for a very well-known group of owners, kind of crazy group that has all kind of come together here. So let's bounce through them. Triple Premiership winning Tiger, that's Jack Rewalt. Uh, Triple Supercars champion, current IndyCar star, Scott McLaughlin, my old colleague, Tim Hodges, who I work with at 10, you may not know this, he, he actually pit reported on the Queensland 500 one year with me. He and I worked the lane together, but he's gone on to do some tremendous things in sport producing, particularly around the AFL 360 show. And SEN's Jared Waitley, who is a hugely respected broadcasting um, figure, he's a part of this too. How the hell did that deal come about? What was the first phone call and what did you, what did you think? Were you, were you in straight away? <laughs> I think Tim's the reason it's all, yeah. it's all got together. Yeah. He's, wild, uh, yeah. wild situation. Obviously I, I don't really say it out loud, but I'm, have no idea about AFL at all, to be but honest yeah? with you. No, <laughs> I wouldn't even know. I, you're brushing wouldn't up. Wouldn't even yeah? know all the teams and how to kick a football. Mm. 
Um, he loves his motorsport, though. Yeah, Jack, yeah. He? yeah. So, so to have um, two really big influences in football, yeah. um, and then I think it correlates really well with motorsport. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of the fans are fans of crossover, of both. Mm. So it's great. Yeah, great crossover, and um, I think having those extra eyes is great for our sport. Mm. Um, you know, things like coming on this show and going on the SEN show and stuff like that is is great for mm. our sport. I think if we can get X amount of listeners to go out and and go to to the races and see how cool Speedway really is, yes. or yeah. you know, rekindle that. Oh, I went there as a kid. I might just go back there as now I'm a forty year old. Like my you kids. Know, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. So um, I hope that's what it does. And then obviously followed Scott a lot uh, in America with what he's doing in IndyCars. That's that's unreal. And uh, we lived in the same town. We you know bounced backwards and forwards a couple of times, and just with the schedules, never really never really met up so um yeah it's just great having those guys and then and then tim being from warnable yep. he knows how much Very classic proud of means it, yeah. um yeah. you know i i guess it blows people's minds when i tell them that the warnable classic is one of the biggest races in the world for sprint car racing hmm. you know you can you can race the knoxville nationals there's the knoxville nationals the king's royal uh the summer nationals at uh, El, uh williams grove and then i think it's a classic you know it's Excellent. It's a it's an event that Ameri- everyone in America knows. It's around the speedway scene. Um, you're going to get what 20 Americans here mm. this year. Brad Sweet, you know, you've had your Donny Shots's race. It's, so it's a it's a world class event mm. um, in a little town called Warrnambool. Mm. <laughs> Did it take much arm twisting? Uh nah, nah, <laughs> not really. I was in a I was in a weird position where I I wanted to come home and relax. Mm. Um, I didn't want to race a 20, yeah. 30 race schedule and mm-hmm. travel a lot. Um, and then at the time I really didn't have much going ride wise because, you know, Luch Monty and that, and that team had, we'd had a lot of success and, and great people and, and been, been with them for five years, but they just wanted to race a lot, you know, mm. and I, and I just wasn't ready to do that last year. I didn't enjoy mm. racing back home. Um, mm. it was more of a chore than it was a, um, fun uh-huh. <laughs> if that makes sense which yeah. was sad it's the first time in my career I ever ever felt like, like that, that and I think yeah. it's because the, the brutal schedule in America so mm. so when this popped up I thought well that, that'll work perfect there's zero travel it's five minutes from my house and mm. um, you know we get to race with some really cool people and, and showcase what we do and, and the sport that we have in Australia to some people that you know have got a great reach um, beyond it beyond mm. it mm. which mm. you know Obviously, Tim's bought Napper Auto Parts on board, mm. and car looks great, mate. The designs yeah, I've seen, it looks yeah, good. yeah. And I, you know, and he's he's come from a a promotional background, so mm. he knows he understands it. So, mm. I think it's it's great. It's going to be great for the mm. sport. It's the pressure's there to win the race. I hope <laughs> they realise how hard this race is to win. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be cool to showcase what we do, and hopefully we can get them, you know, dirty, and mm. and uh, hopefully we can get some people in the car cool. show them show them what it's like, like. you've you've been in one mm. it's it's mm. a it's a different world very so, special experience yeah mm. so mm. i'm i'm excited for the opportunity to to, to yeah show them what we've got cool. show them what we have in our sport and and hopefully it promotes our sport in a in a good way and we we get something really cool out of it just on scott mclaughlin because you live there and because you weren't all that that far away from as you, you just described before What's been the reaction to him in the States? I mean, a couple of years into IndyCar now, he's had a successful year, I think, with three wins, driving for the the icon in Roger Penske. I mean, he's making a real mark, mate, a real impact, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, and he's a he's a great character too. So that helps. Um, Americans love a, a a good character, and um, he's doing a really good job. It's uh, I I really like watching the IndyCar stuff. I think it's it's incredible to watch, and and those cars are really cool. So for him to jump over there and adapt as quick as he has and be su- as successful as he has been is is really cool. And you know, I know when we posted out that Scott was going to be a part of it. A lot of my American fans were, were pumped about that. Or, or a lot of people in the, the motorsport, the sprint car mm. um, side of things were, were excited that he was, he in. was in on it. Mm. Um, mm. You know, and he's in, in, in on it too. Like he's, he's Proper. pumped about it. So mm. yeah, I, I think he's doing some great things over there and um, we'll have to get him to a world of outlaws race and, and see what he thinks of that. For cool. Sure. Two that point he's been a guest on the podcast before he has very kindly sent me a couple of questions for you so here you go from scott mclaughlin g'day j mac scott mclaughlin here i'm actually your boss um but no i'm very i'm not i'm not um look i just wanted to ask um what is obviously like racing the classic what's bigger for you to win the knoxville nationals or the classic um for me winning at pukkoe was almost as big as winning bathurst so i know what a home race is like um, and then probably my next follow-up for that is what the hell are we going to do if we do win the Classic? Like, I mean, we have to go on, don't we? <laughs> Great questions. Go. Uh, well, for the people that don't know what the Knoxville Nationals is, that's the the race yeah. uh, of sprint car racing. Um, I think it's a $200,000 to win race and uh, tough, tough race to, to race, but Man, the classic means as much to me as that race does. Does it? Um, I struggled to win. It took me till yeah, 2017 to win that race, and mm. I'd won four or five prelim races to that, and been just in the hunt and never won that race. Like I don't think I'd ever been on the podium before I won that race. So it was a race that I grew up watching, sitting on the hill every year, like pumped, mm. pumped about being getting sunburnt. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I think uh, it's tough. I've won the 360 Knoxville Nationals um, over there, and, and that was a big moment in my career. It really propelled me a lot. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. Mm. That you know, to to even make the A main at the the 410 Knoxville Nationals is is brutal, and mm. it's it's tough. Um, but like you said, I think your heart like we talked about it before too, you, when your heart's set on certain things, you know, you can, certain races mean certain things in different ways. And mm. for me, the classic, the event, the the way it's done is is the coolest race that I'm a part of. Um, I don't know, if I win the Knoxville Nationals, I'll let you know, Scott, which one's, <laughs> which one's the best, but I'd like to win both. Uh, but yeah, the Knoxville Nationals is a, is a special race. It's a brutal race. Um, the biggest race it's you know the indianapolis 500 for him so mm. um i'm sure that race on his list would be you know pretty crazy to to win too so oh I, that's a tough question mm. really tough question mm. um and if we do win the classic well maybe we can just go and win the knoxville nationals as a car <laughs> owner i know his pockets are going to have to be a little deeper Deep than the australian <laughs> the australian season but yeah like i said he's He's pumped, mm. pumped to be a part of it, and uh, I'm pumped to ha- to be a part of that operation. What what I think um, in telling a bit of the story about about this event, 
Firstly, I mean, Premier Speedway uh, and, and its stature um, within Speedway venues around the country, you've kind of talked about that. Um, each night sounds like it's it's going to be a sellout because it is an anniversary edition. I mean, we, we probably haven't um, touched on that. It's 50th anniversary, I think, isn't it? Which is, yep. you know, yep. so very, Huge. yeah, very, very special thing. 15,000 people there a night. I mean, yep. that adds to it, mate, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the whole natural amphitheatre of, of a speedway to me is the coolest thing. So all of those people get to watch. They're all standing on the fence. They, you know, you've got the tent city people there in their little tents mm. with a mesh over the front of them so they're not... <laughs> They're mad. They're sitting right into turn one. They get sprayed with mud. and But they love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that the fan day that mm. they have where we, we sell all our merchandise and get to hang out with people, you know, there'd be 10,000, 15,000 people at that. And the whole town just gets gets behind it. So it's more than just a race. It's an event. Mm. Um, it's something that if you haven't seen it, I, I believe, you know, it's one of the best motorsport events that I've been to in Australia. And I'm being, I am biased, mm. but... You know, I feel that this year is going to be huge. There'll be 20 Americans. I bet you there'll be 120 cars um, over three nights. It's intense racing. Like mm. the the way the point structure is in the heat races is brutal. Like it's it's a it's a race. Like mm. you it's a you have to put it all together to be able to win that race. And um, pressure's on to do it this year, isn't it? And it's back. After COVID, too, mate. Yeah. We've, we've we've missed it. I mean, I hate bringing up that damn subject. Yeah. H- how much? Um, I mean, that certainly adds to it. How much did COVID impact you and your plans and everything that you were you were you were doing? Uh, just made it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really affect. You found my ways, racing. didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, um, so my rookie season on the World of Outlaw Tour, I signed on to that deal. Um, it was all going to be great. Uh, COVID sort of came around, and um, you know, getting permission to leave the country was hard. Mm. So I, I had to leave the country and um, I was on a plane. I had to actually fly to Dubai because we couldn't go any other way. There was eight people on the aeroplane oh. and the Dubai airport was shut. There was like the eight people and that was it. It was crazy. It was wild. Um, then fly into America and it's wide open. You just go yep. straight to the restaurant and the pub. and <laughs> Off we go. <laughs> and off we go. So, yeah, uh, that sort of thing was tough. And then obviously having Maverick uh, mm. in between there. So I missed the first six races of the season because I couldn't fly backwards and forwards and mm. there was no guaranteed seats home. So, um, yeah, hard. had to miss, hard, had to miss, mm. yeah, a lot of, I missed a lot of races at the end of the year thinking, you know, I don't want to miss the, the birth of my mm. first kid. So, mm. um, so I left America early. Casey was great. Let me do that. And he filled in for the, for the last part of the year. And, and then obviously flying back was mm. near on impossible at that stage. Mm. So just trying to get a flight and, um, yeah, brutal. But we made it work. Mm. Um, at times I was thinking, what what am I doing? Do like, we, is this mm. how bad is this? Or mm. like, is you just, you don't know. And then mm. I literally said, oh, I'm in America. It's wide open. Like I'm not even, I've just had to wear a mask, a face shield, go through the army to get into mm. the airport. And I land, I'm sitting at the pub having a beer at the bar. Like this isn't. This is, it's insane. Um, and different states were different, obviously, in America. And at that time, they were sort of just, outlaws were just racing wherever they could get mm. racism fans were allowed to be at. So, mm. yeah, the getting back, we'd won the 360 Nationals the year before, and then I got on a plane 
the day before the races basically here and flew straight in and, and raced the nationals that day were terrible. Um, so I wouldn't recommend flying that far around <laughs> the world and, and jumping straight into a race, race car. car. But yeah, yeah we, we had some tough, tough times, obviously being away from the family for as mm. long as we were. Um, cause Zoe couldn't come, um, and Maverick couldn't come for the first probably three months, um, of the tour. So that was, yeah, that was pretty brutal for sure. But we got through it. You got through it, exactly. And we've all learned a lot some, somehow or other. There are, I don't like it, but there are a couple of positives we can draw from it. Absolutely. Let, let's, let's couple to finish here because you've been super with your time, mate. Thank you. Um, firstly, let's run through for fans. We're going to release this in the, in the lead up to it, but Australia Day week is going to be massive. What, what are we talking here from a Speedway perspective? Wednesday night, Geelong, President's Cup at Avalon. Thursday, Australia Day, uh, King's Challenge, Borderline Speedway, Mount Gambier. And then Friday through to Sunday, which we've just you know just kind of detailed, the 50th edition of the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic at Premier Speedway. Mm. Good damn week of racing. What a isn't week, it? isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. You know, and even leading up to that, there's some really good races in Sydney and Toowoomba mm. and... Ah uh, yeah, this to me is my this is my favourite part of the year. Mm. Um, you know, I think you jump in your caravan and go to some of those races. It'd be <laughs> good, good fun. But um, you know, you, you can you're going to see the best drivers in the world in a sprint car. Mm. Um, you're going to see a lot of cars. You're going to see some really cool race tracks, and then obviously the the classic, which is the the pinnacle of what we do here in Australia. It's mm. it's our Bathurst. It's it's our AFL Grand Final, and um. You know, you've got guys like Tim that set up a race team because he wants to be a part of it, but, you know, yeah. just from the passion. So, um, yeah, get out there and have a look at it. There's there's nothing to me, there's nothing in in the world of motorsport in, in Australia that mm. compares to this week we're doing, for sure. To finish, you've earned a place in the in the record books. We've talked about that special club of Aussies before that you're, you're a part of that have done good things in the in the U.S., Invariably, that means you you get to a, a stage or a stature, and you're you're kind of a bit of a custodian, if you like, of of the sport, and and you have a want to see it flourish. Hence, the reason why you're talking about doing this project with Tim and and Scotty McLaughlin and and Jack and so on. Politics, I think, for all of us, is something we would prefer to avoid, but it is it is naturally um, around us. If you could sit down and and pick a handful of things that you'd love to see our, our sports speedway do better. What, what would those things be, mate? It's funny. Zoe asked me this question last night at dinner and said, well, how are you going to answer it? Um, politically correct, I guess is mm. the, mm. I, I feel, and I think people are going to disagree or not disagree or, um, uh, th- this has come from, I'll tell you where this has come from, mate, because in addition to the the thing that you're you're doing, I mean Shane Van Gisbergen's just announced this week he's going to do some some sprint car races in New Zealand. Cam Waters loves it, mate. Yep. He, he you know yep. when I talked to him at an event recently, he talked very glowingly about his supercar stuff. But man, did he light up when we talk sprint cars. Yeah. So I mean these all these things we we need to leverage that, don't we? Yeah. Mm. You know Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman yeah. in America. Um, Speedway's in a tough spot mm. in Australia right now. Um, like we, we talk about World Series and that was the pinnacle to me. Well, there, is, there isn't a World Series at the moment, mm. um, which I find the most disappointing, mm. you know, thing, thing out there because that's what I grew up wanting to do. So what are these young kids that are, are doing a great job right now winning local races? What are they striving to go and race right now? There's no national series for them to, to strive for. Um, you know, that's what I did as a kid that then stepping stones you to, to America, but there is no, 
promotion, mm. if that's, um, I think, I think that there's too much backgate promotion. There's not enough, you know, cohesive. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, a, it's in a tough spot. The car owners have stepped up the, way that the teams are presented have stepped up. The amount of cars is huge. The mm. young talent's great. Mm. 90% of the tracks are still very rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's really no promotion, mm. you know, to help the sport. You know, what Tim and our team have done already is three times more than what any national series does mm. um, or things like that. And then there's there's too much politics. There's too many chiefs mm-hmm. and not enough you know, people that are in it for the, I don't want to say the right reasons, but, you know, time evolves, mm. um, things change. So the way your race changes, the way I've had to, to race from the, the moment I started to now is completely different. Well, that's the same as promoting. That's the same as doing anything in any sport. Everything You, you evolve, mate. There's you progression. Evolve. Mm, so, mm. so I think we're in a really bad spot, to be honest with you. Um, our prize money is lower than it's ever been. Um the cost of doing everything's higher than what it's ever been. Mm. Um, so I just hope, I hope it's just a runoff of the ex- COVID excuse right mm-hmm. now. And, and mm. in the next few years we get World Series kicking. Um, you know, there's no way for Americans, say, which for us is our biggest market, mm-hmm. um, if you want to be a driver, you need an American car owner to see you mm. to make it over. They can't. They can't watch it. They can't. Man, uh, like uh, me being in America, I couldn't, like I had to look to find results to see. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. So to me, there's, there's, we're really missing something. And, and I go back to the podcast you did with um, Tony Cochran, Cochran. Mm. about with his Supercross stuff, mm. how he was like, man, we, we are a sport where you can see everything. Mm. Everything's in front of you. You it's, have it's that. Easy. Speedway has that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. But we just don't have that next level. So I don't know, maybe when I retire, I can do something <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, it's disappointing as a, as a, you know, as a driver, you know, if I was just to race off of prize money, there's not enough prize money here to make a living out of it. So you need a car owner or a good sponsor that's going to, you know, chip in to, to mm. pay your wage because um, mm. we don't get paid wages generally. Mm. You, you mm. race off percentage of prize money. So it's disappointing. You know, when I was younger growing up, there was more, there was way more money in the sport. You had Speedway, Adelaide Speedway. Mm. Um, you know, they had five races that all paid ten, fifteen thousand $15,000. You had Speedweek that paid $10,000. Well, mm. it doesn't, it doesn't anymore. Mm. So there's no World Series Sprint cars. Mm. Um so I hope, yeah, I hope the sport realizes how good we could have it because of the the talent pool, the car owners, the the way it is. And then you know, if everything else steps up, that becomes your corporate sponsors and your partners that are gonna to build the sport better. So as much as it needs to say a, a grassroots, mm. you know, accessible motorsport, which mm. I think is great. You know, fans can come in the pits and hang out and high five and do everything, there still needs to be a level of professionalism that that hasn't been reached yet, I don't think. so. Zoe would be proud, mate, because you (laughs) handled that superbly, I reckon, because your answer, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we hope they listen. But but your answer comes from a place of wanting the best for your game more more than it. and and you've got a lot of things that you can that that experience and and what they're doing in the states and so on that you can bring to the table. So 
Hopefully that'll start some conversations. Good luck with Australia Day week here, mate. We Thanks. hope it's an immensely successful um, time for you. Enjoy a bit of family time over over the Christmas period. And importantly, when you're back doing the grind, um, um, you know, next year and all those big Ks that you do in America, we hope that um, Kansas was just the beginning and that, that the year with Roth in, in 23 is a really good one for you, mate. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. I Like I told you, it just gets me up and down the road. So hopefully we... Uh taught some things to some people that didn't probably know as much about Speedway as what they did at the end of this. So, yeah, come out and watch some races, support your local track. Good stuff. Well done. Thank Thank you. Rusty's Garage is written and presented by me, Greg Rust. Series editor and producer is Ed Gooden. Audio production by Link Kelly. If you've got a guest suggestion, get in touch with me via social media. The Garage. It's where a journey begins with a tank full of passion-fueled stories. Listener.